every business that I got in was viable. I, ha- I finally had to come to the conclusion, the common denominator of my lack of success, there was always one person involved in that business, and it was always me. And you you have to come to the conclusion at some point in time, you know, this may not be the opportunity that's at fault here. See, given the fact that I'm the one that's been in every single one of them, and they have all been exceptionally different. And that was kind of the the tipping point of when I... I'd done 10 years of stand-up and 25 years of professional speaking, and and I finally hit a place where I was like, what do I want to do with the third act of my life? And this was what I decided after spending a lot of time right, making a lot of notes, reading and researching and filling up legal pads. I wanted to get to the bottom of this. How is it possible to have success in one area of your life and another area of your life? Just struggle time and time and time again. And that was kind of the genesis of, of our whole project. This is the Angles of Latitude podcast, session number 193 with the creators of the consistency chain, George Campbell and Jim Packard. This is squadron leader confirming hostiles inbound. Prepare for battle. What you're about to hear is the integration of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening. And all things geek. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, You got a badass over here. Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Guys and gals, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, JC Preston, a connector of amazing people and great ideas. And joining me was co-host once again is Yael Johnson, founder of the Life Teaches Foundation. If this is the first time that you're joining in, this is the show where we bring you life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, experts, athletes, and artists so that you too can find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. Now, here we are moving into part two, or at least what I like to call part two, of the recovery of from uh, the pandemic of 2020. And it seems people are itching to start experimenting with uh, ways of making income, one sign of that for me personally is that my wife Maria got me Rich Dad's uh, cash flow game, and I have never actually had the pleasure of playing it. You know, I've read and watched plenty of, of Rich Dad material over the years, but never actually got to play the games. I was when she was like, "Do you think that would be uh, of interest to us?" And I'm like, "Yes, get it." But uh, it was really a nice surprise because there hasn't really been any sign of of interest of of her wanting to generate income really outside of the traditional job world, except for the network marketing scene. And what's interesting about the network marketing scene is that it was designed for people who don't have the time or, or really the resources to start a traditional business. Because uh, the last I checked, it takes about a year just to kind of get your, your ideas together. And then uh, it takes another year really to get your, 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 you know, like really your processes figured out. And, you know, that can be done during the time that you have another job. And it's just, you know, it just really becomes time intensive. And personally, when it comes to, to network marketing, you guys know I've been a fan of it since grad school. And I found that, you know, many entrepreneurs get their feet wet in it at some point or another. I mean, many before they build their own businesses like Russell Brunson. But then you got some like one of today's guests, Jim Packard, 
who start after they've been in the, tra- the traditional business world. And it's because they realize that there's smarter ways of, of generating revenue if that's really all you're looking to do. So in their book, Jim and his partner, George Campbell, discuss what has made all the difference for the success that they've had in their career and how that can be applied to practically anything, including network marketing. Uh, Specifically, they share with Yael and me how they both got into network marketing themselves as individuals, how the 80-20 rule applies to their work, and some of the ways they continue to give themselves milestones in the work that they're doing. But before we get into that, I want to remind you guys about Groove Digital. And you've heard me talk about Groove uh, and Groove Funnels recently because I really think it's the best opportunity out there for business owners and aspiring internet marketers to get their names out there. But funny enough, it's today's guest who first shared it with me. And when they did, I was really blown away by the potential on the platform. And it now looks like it's going to be a, a, a really a big part of what we're doing with America Wellness Consulting. In fact, so much so that we're building a standalone part of AWC called America Wellness Network, which will run entirely on GrooveFunnels, featuring our collection of partners we've made relationships with in this past year. So really exciting stuff. want to tell you guys more about it in the upcoming future. But uh, anyway, I don't want to push this onto you guys at all, but the deeper I get into it, the happier I am as a lifetime member. And I... I really don't want you guys to miss the boat. So if you want to take a look around and, and just kick the tires and take a test drive, you can do so for free by going to newinceptions.com slash free groove. And if you have any questions about it after doing so, you know, feel free to message me. Uh, you, can, you guys have my email. You can hit me on social media, Facebook, whatever. But again, how to get signed up is to go to newinceptions.com slash free groove. So as we're going forward here, if you want to get into the conversation, I uh, would love to hear your thoughts. Tag us on social media via New Inceptions and give us any of uh, you know your insight into the today's conversation or your perspective. And also be sure to leave a comment and subscribe to the show on whichever platform you're listening in on. Doing so will not only get you involved, but it'll let you be notified whenever a new episode is available. And specifically, if you leave a comment on Apple Podcasts, I'll definitely read it in an upcoming session. An example of that would be uh, one that Josh Christ left in 2019 when we had a previous network marketing uh, guest on. And Josh actually said, he said, wow, in a single episode, my entire view on a topic as polarizing as being involved in a MLM was turned upside down. JC does an incredible job interviewing his guests and selecting creative individuals who really bring unique ideas to the table. The show is a must listen to any creatives or aspiring self-employed tinkerers looking for a new perspective to approach the challenges they are facing. And, you know, I really feel that if you guys are going to walk away from today's conversation with anything, I think it's going to be a similar belief. Maybe not that an MLM is in your future per se, but perhaps knowing something more that will allow you to build your own business with a different perspective. So anyway, if you need help in scaling your business or just want us to help you with something or connect you to amazing people, feel free to message us at heyguysatnewinceptions.com with any questions or folks that you're looking to meet. Uh, Show notes and show note extras of the show can be found at newinceptions.com slash 193. 
And as always, I'll be on at the end of the show to fill you in on anything we might have missed. Hey everyone, this is JC Preston with Yael Johnson, founder of the Life Teaches Foundation. Hope you're having a great day. Welcome back to the show. Yael, what is up? How are you doing? I am doing great. Thank you for asking. I'm thrilled to talk to today's guests. I literally just came mm-hmm. back from my honeymoon a few days ago, and I, over the past few months, I've kind of fallen off track of my regular routines, and I've been I'm working on figuring out new routines and schedules to, back, to get back on track. So this yeah. is a wonderful, yeah. uh, I'm thrilled to talk to you guys. Yeah. And this is, this will be a great conversation I have to admit. I'm actually looking forward to it as well. And, you know, the last month or so, I've, I've connected to one of the today's guests, uh, Jim Packard. And if you don't know Jim, let's say that he has a heck of a background as an entrepreneur and business owner. And like me, early on in life, he had an idea of what he wanted, wanted to do, but you know, I wanted to be an educator so I could have my summers off. He wanted to live the country club life. And in fact, at an early age, he realized that to have that life, he'd have to own a business to do so. And I didn't really realize that until I was into my late 20s. So needless to say, when I spoke with him last month, I was intrigued by not only about his success, but you know, the minutia of how he's managed to do all that he's done, including being on QVC 25 times and generating millions of dollars from the sales of various products. Uh, so needless and also joining us for this chat is his co-author, George Campbell, who is known more for his comedy. And if you've ever heard of Joe Malarkey, the worst motivational speaker in America, that's George. And like Jim, they both experienced time in the network marketing world. Jim was on the top end of success there, while George was part of the bottom end of the, the bell curve, as they talk about in the book. Interestingly enough, they've come together in an effort to help those people who find themselves like George, not only being in the 80%. But that bottom 80%, which I'm a part of myself, but knowing without a doubt that they could be successful with what they're trying to do if they could just find the magic bullet. Wait, hold on. Not only being in the 80%, but knowing without a doubt that they could be successful with what they're do- trying to do, even if they could, what they're trying to do, even if they could just find the magic bullet. Sorry about that. George and Jim's project can be found at consistencychain.com. Jim and George, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. Like I said, I've been looking forward to this one. And, you know, uh, Jim had actually sent me the, the book about a month or so ago, and it, it's a lot of good, good stuff in there. So pl- proud to have you guys on. Well, we're pl- pleased to be here. Y'all, uh, you're just getting back from uh, your honeymoon? Yeah. Yes. Uh, we just got, I just got married on the 15th. Well, my wife and I just celebrated our 50th. Oh, so we have a lot. We have a lot in common. Actually, <laughs> actually, today would have been my parents' fiftieth anniversary. <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. I'm just, I'm just impressed. Someone in the in the year 2020 can actually pull off a wedding and a honeymoon. That may be <laughs> the most impressive thing of all of us on this podcast. Well, in in my in our de- in my defense, in our defense, uh, we actually kind of eloped. Well, cool. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you. Cool. So as I was actually explaining during the monologue, uh, pretty different backgrounds. George, you identify as that person who always had potential, but you know had had problems really unlocking it. And then Jim, you've always been kind of a, a top achiever. And interestingly for me, you know, I, I think I'm naturally somewhere in between. You know, I always knew that the, there was the proverbial mountain to climb, and I knew 
what it took to do that work. But in fact, being a 90s kid, I really appreciated the work that the athletes did. But I was also that kid that always did enough work to get something done and then go back to playing video games or hanging out with friends. And I was never really challenged by something that didn't have milestones already built into it, like a formal education. And so if you add to that, by the time that I was out of academia and I thought, you know, I was thinking very linearly because I went to school to be an engineer. And so needless to say, it took me a while to learn how to really set my own goals. And I think that's one of the reasons why people struggle to do their own thing. But yet network marketing is that's I think that's the reason why it's so appealing. You know, the goals are already set there in, in front of you. And as this this as you make this pin and you make this amount and then at this this next level, you make this amount, you know, it's really all kind of most people would think, oh, yeah, that's totally black and white, but that's not necessarily the case. So coming from the different perspectives that you guys come from, can you both share, you know, what spoke to you about getting into network marketing yourselves? Why don't you go first, Jim? Yeah, you know, it was interesting. Um I got into network marketing uh, primarily because I had I had sold my business and, and my goal was to sell my business and retire before I was 50. And I was able to do that uh, one month prior to my uh, 50th birthday. And once I sold the business, it was kind of like, well, what's next? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I my whole life was devoted to building that particular business. And we moved to Arizona and I started playing golf and realized I didn't play well enough that I, you know, even wanted to play every single day. I missed, I missed uh, owning a business and, and network marketing became available to me. Uh, and it seemed to answer everything, ex- uh, you know, that I was looking for without the headaches of really, you know, having the financial responsibility of running a business. So it, it was really, uh, it came to me at the, at the right time. And I've, you know, obviously I've had some success in, the, in that arena. Uh, I took my skills that I applied in my regular business and applied them to the, my network marketing business and found out that uh, uh, they work there too. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I was always, you know, I was a very good uh, recruiter. I could recruit people. And I got very frustrated by the fact that the people that I recruited weren't quite having the same success that I had. Little did I know it was because, uh, uh, as we found out later, that uh, we're just wired differently. And I'll let George pick it up from there. Yeah. Um, Jim and I are have very, very different stories, both in network marketing and in a lot of things. For instance, just as I, was, I heard about him talking, to, talking about selling his business and moving, I realized I thought we lived in the same state. But apparently Jim's Arizona has an, uh, has an R at the end of it. Arizona. I had no idea. So that's going to be the reason why a lot of packages are coming back that I'm sending to him. If you um, didn't know it, I'm from. If you didn't know it, I'm from Maine. Okay. Uh, so, uh, unlike Jim, I saw I saw uh, saw and caught the vision, the dream of network marketing very early on. I was probably 20, 21 years old when I first saw the 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 plan laid out in front of me and i thought oh my god this is the coolest thing i have ever seen and i i looked at it and i thought man this is this i'm gonna get all my buddies 
we're going to become famously wealthy, wealthy, and we're going to be we're going to be able to play for the rest of our lives. And then I went to all my buddies, and nobody was interested. And I was like, "Wow, what is it that I see in this and that other people don't?" And it stayed with me. That first company I tried three different times, and was never successful. And then later in life, I came back to it, and still nothing. And then a couple other uh, network marketing. Uh, companies, one of which I joined just because at that by that time I'd become a professional speaker and uh, the network marketing company that, that I joined just had tools that I could use in my speaking business that made a lot of sense to me. And I thought, well, if I can build a business also, that would be great. And I didn't. Um, and that's where I met Jim. Jim was on stage. Jim was one of the, the Jim and his two sons were in the top 10 of the money earners of that business year after year after year. Jim, Jim is being very um, humble, which is weird. I'm not used to that. And, but he was, he was a uh, distributor of the year, two different network marketing companies. One of his sons was distributor of the year of the company that I was talking about. And his other son was runner up. So our experience in, in network marketing could not be more dissimilar. I used to look at somebody like George though, and go, oh my gosh, you know, actually I met George because my son had hired him to come to speak at one of our meetings, JC. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh my God, this guy is good. He's funny. I mean, I later found out that, you know, that he was a stand-up comic with Jerry Seinfeld and that whole group of comics that came up together. And, and I was really impressed to think that he had been on 60 Minutes and, and actually to tell the truth. And, and and I looked at somebody like George and I'd go, oh, what, don't I wish I had somebody like him on my team? Uh, little did I know that uh, he probably would have uh, frustrated the heck out of me. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, you bring up a good point, George. Like, you know, to me, network marketing is really the embodiment of the science of getting rich by Wallace Waddles. And I mean I, I like to think I understand the B quadrant pretty well now. And in fact, you know, many, many millionaires and, and even billionaires build their businesses using concepts that network marketing teaches. Why do you think that more people really don't get involved? I, I mean, is it a lack of financial and business education for the most part or, or what? Well, I think it goes back to the, to the fact that um, when you consider that network marketing has been around since, I don't know, this. 50s, 40s, 50s, something like that. And the percentage in our book, we talk a great deal about the 80-20 rule. But in network marketing, uh, the mm -hmm. contrast between the people who succeed and the people that, that don't is even more stark than that. Uh, some people would tell you it's 95-5. Some people would tell you it's 97-3. And I think over the years that, that, that has uh, morphed into this great number of people who either didn't experience success in network marketing or some had someone close personal friend to them that didn't uh, experience success. And so there's, there's kind of this, this um, huge number, this, this vast number of people out there who have a negative impression. And so to overcome that takes, takes a great deal of, you know, persuasion or just the absolute perfect product at the perfect time, and that kind of stuff. Although, you know, George, I think in today's time with the, People getting laid off. Uh, I think people are a lot more receptive to a, a plan B now 
because oh, absolutely. they realize their, their plan A perhaps is not as solid as they thought it would be. Oh, and that's absolutely true. I mean, we talked to a lot of different network marketing leaders and the the growth curve in 2020 has just been vertical. I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's been an amazing number of people, which may, you know, again, makes sense when you're, when you're struggling and you're looking for some other op. There are people that would have never considered network marketing a year ago that are now like, well, I, I have to find some sort of a, a viable plan B that I can get into without a great deal of capital expense. Well, is it, I, you know, I was reading something not too long ago where it was talking about how it's also part of the fact that technology, you know, everybody talks about six degrees of away from Kevin Bacon or whatever. Well, technology has made it more recently, like 2.5 degrees away. And then before long, everybody's going to be connected to everybody else. Right. And it's like, why not, you know, use that to your advantage in today's world, you know? Right. And if you so. if you've had a fairly active presence presence, you know, in Facebook and, and LinkedIn, I mean, your warm market of people that you can talk to now is, is probably incremental, you know, not incrementally, but a great de- deal greater than it was, you know, prior to all the tech that we've experienced. Right. Right. So how do you know when, you know, you were talking about the different businesses that you've been in? How do you know that you're working with the right business i mean were you really able to test the waters before you got in or how do you how do you know what you're looking for well i mean for me it became and this is you know this this happens after years and years and years of looking at this is that every business that i got in was viable i ha- i finally had to come to the conclusion the common denominator of my lack of success there was always one person involved in that business uh and it was always me and you, mm-hmm. you have to come to the conclusion at some point in time, you know, this may not be the opportunity that's at fault here. See, given the fact that I'm the one that's been in every single one of them and they have all been exceptionally different. So, and that was kind of the, um, uh, the tipping point of when I, I, uh, I'd done 10 years of stand up and 25 years of professional speaking and, and I finally hit a place where I was like, what do I want to do with the third act of my life? And this was what I decided after spending a lot of time, right, making a lot of notes and reading and researching and filling up legal pads. I wanted to get to the bottom of this. How is it possible to have success in one area of your life and another area of your life? Just struggle time and time and time again. And that was kind of the genesis of, of our whole project. Yeah, and I would look at, uh, it was interesting when George... And I sat down to talk about it, you know, for years and years, I would, I would sponsor people and some were successful, some, some weren't successful. And I used to always chalk it up to the fact that somebody wasn't focused enough or they didn't have a big enough why or, or they weren't motivated enough or whatever it might be. Uh, and I was also frustrated with the fact that, yes, I was successful in, in my relationship and with uh, and financially and spiritually and business wise, but I'd always had a challenge uh, with my weight, and I always think, well, how can you be a a twenty percenter in all these areas, yet an eighty percenter in other areas? And I just, you know, I didn't give it much thought until, you know, George and I started exploring how the mind works and how we how we need to 
be uh, rewarded. Let's say let's say it that way. And I'll let you take it up from there, George. Well, let's can, if we could just step back for just a second because we're going to be tossing around the phrases eighty twenty quite a bit, and I just want to give a little bit of context to that. When I started studying this, when we started breaking this down, I, the Pareto principle came into play, and and I became fascinated with this. This is a the Pareto was an 18th century social scientist that discovered this relationship between. He found out that 80% of the wealth in Italy was held by 20% of the people, 20% of the wealth held by 80%. And then he started to realize this was the perhaps the most pervasive ratio in in the human experience. I mean, to this day, it's, you know, I, found, I saw something the other night that just made me laugh. I get you probably shouldn't, but uh, the fact that 80% of COVID is spread by 20% of the people. I mean, this is an unrelenting ratio. And so then I, you know, we began to look at it. And it was it's like, mm-hmm. well, what is the difference? The 80% of sales come from 20% of salespeople. What are they doing that is so different? What is the 20% doing that's so different? And, and how are they so different? And when you eliminate all the things they had in common, intelligence, training, education, uh, even ambition, you know, those are equally present in both groups. And it came, what we believe is it came down to the 20% high achievers do what needs to be done when it needs to be done on a relentlessly consistent basis. And the 80% who struggle, they we know what needs to be done, but we don't do it and we certainly don't do it consistently. And if you look at the difference of Gemini's success in his success in network marketing and my struggle came down quite to this. Jim consistently did the thing that needed to be done when it needed to be done. I didn't. I couldn't muster the consistency to show up day after day after day in the key activities that were going to make my business grow. And that highlights the difference between the two of us. And and you see that, you know, just kind of across the board, people who are in great people who are in shape. Well, what do they do? Well, they show up every day. They show up at the gym. They show up on the track. They show up doing their workout. People who struggle with that, what do they do? Ah, you know what? I'm not going to work out today. I'm sore. I'm tired. Just not a good. I'm too busy. And that consistency mm-hmm. is is the great differentiator between the eighty twenty. So, what was the defining factor that made you realize that the eighty twenty was the that was the missing link? That was the that was what was going on with you. That was that's what was holding you back. Right. Well, see, then so then you want to dig deeper. Okay. Right. So we we've established that there's this eighty twenty relationship. What is it that's keeping me from becoming consistent? And so then, mm-hmm. I, then I found this study that had been done in the late 1960s, early 1970s called the Marshmallow Test. And they took kids and 305 year olds, they put them in a, in a room one by one. They put a marshmallow in front of them. And the researcher said, listen, you can, you can eat the marshmallow, but if you don't, I'm going to leave. But if, I, if you haven't eaten the marshmallow when I come back, you're going to get a second marshmallow. So it was a test of the ability to delay gratification. And what they found was 80% of the kids ate the marshmallow. Mm-hmm. 20% did not. And so there was this relationship between delayed gratification and instant gratification. And then they followed them through their lives. And the 20% that were able to delay gratification, this, that group at, at virtually any age of their lives, any part of their lives that you wanted to pick, by the metrics of, of uh, uh, income, educational attainment, 
uh, how long they've been married, their their physical health. They they outshone the eighty percent virtually every area of their life. And so then in two thousand eleven, they did this. They now we finally have MRI machines, so we can look inside the brains of people in a non invasive way. And they brought the the test subjects back, and they looked in there, and a and a researcher, a technician, could look at the activity level in one of two areas of the brain and tell you with 100% certainty whether or not that test subject did or did not eat the marshmallow 50 years prior. That's scary, just just to think about that, George. Right. And so then it came down to this. So the prefrontal, the people that that are able to delay gratification tend to think in the prefrontal cortex. That's where they make their decisions. That's where Jim makes his decisions in building a business. Mm -hmm. So I think of that part of my brain, George, basically – when there's a contest going on uh, and they announce a contest, I go, okay, if I pick up this phone, will it get me closer to my goal? And and it gets me into action because I'm thinking through the prefrontal cortex of my brain. Whereas you, your right. brain is functioning in a different, you know, right. different action. I tend to make my decisions in a much more primal part of the brain that, that, that long-term result is not what it's thinking about. It's, it, it's making decisions based on what we call the ESP filter. Is it easy? Is it safe? Is it pleasurable? And for millions of years, that was a great way to think. The reason why we're here today is because our ancestors were able to make those decisions based on that. Easy was important because if you spent more energy getting your food than the food gave back to you, that wasn't a good long-term strategy. Safe was a great one. That's pretty obvious. You know, it's like, hey, look, a woolly mammoth. I wonder if he'll let me pet him. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that my wife talks about all the time, she's, she's been in the military for 18 years and is going to be retiring when she's getting her 20 in. But, you know, she talks about embracing the suck. And I've brought it up to <laughs> in, in numerous conversations, we'll say. And, and so in another chapter of your book, you talk about the Navy SEALs and how those that make it through through the program don't look at the big picture all the time. And in fact, they look at the journey from one part of the day to the next. And interestingly, you know, I heard a, a story of a man who recently ran across the country and the way he did it was by fixating on an object in the distance and then running to that thing. Right. So what are some of the tips that you've used in your careers to give yourselves milestones that the journey isn't so daunting all the time? Well, if you, if you think of yourself, uh, like 80% of the people listening to this, think of them, there's, there's a good chance 80% of the people listening to this are going to be in the 80%. And so that means you're going to be driven by instant gratification. So you've got to shorten that. And uh, in, 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 getting through the Navy SEALs, they call it micro slicing. And that is when you're, when you're embracing the suck, when you're out there involved in the hardest, most physical, most emotionally challenged thing you've ever done. And if you think, I've got to do this for three weeks. You are done because nobody can do that for three weeks. It's too much. It's too much to even think about. And the people that think it in those terms quit. And by the way, do you want know, any guesses on how many people that go into BUDS, the, the initiation program for Navy SEALs? Any, any guesses on how many of those people quit? I'll say 80%. 80%. So the people that are able to micro slice the experience and say, okay, for take three weeks off the table because that's too much to think about. So instead, what I'm going to think about is just, I'm just going to make it to breakfast. 
I'm ju- that's my goal. And I know I can do that. And that seems right. And then and you make it to breakfast and you're and you're emotionally rewarded and you feel, you know, you get warmed up and now your goal, make it to lunch. And so that's the way I had to think of things. I, I couldn't, you know, you're thinking about uh, like a network marketing business, you know, crown wizard, whatever it is out there that's on the horizon. <laughs> I can't think in those terms. What I have to think of right. is I'm going to make, I'm going to reach out to two people today or talk to one. That is a goal. Mm-hmm. That is a, a micro slice goal that is absolutely going to put me on a trajectory to get what I want. But what it's also going to do is it's going to allow me to feel good. It's going to allow me to instantly gratify myself and it's going to allow me to win. And because it allows me to win, then the chances of me showing up the next day are huge. And that's what we talk about in the book where those 20 percenters that made it through the, the training, they just made it to breakfast. And once they get to breakfast and they got something to eat and got warm, they just had to make it to lunchtime. Right. And the reality is if you keep making it to breakfast long enough, then, then you're standing in front of a whole group of people in your, in your dress whites and they're, picking, they're, they're pinning on a, a Navy Trident SEAL badge to your uniform. Because you just kept showing up, just in the moment, moment after moment after moment. In the latter part of your book, you talk about the five steps of what you call the consistency chain. Personally, I love that it teaches people to listen to their heart or intuition by first choosing a meaningful direction. I love that that's the first step. And then the next couple steps is pretty much about accepting yourself for where you are today. Don't expect everything to change all at once. What I always tell my clients is that you you didn't get to where you are today overnight. It took years of not knowing better to get you here. So you can't expect things to be, you know, fixed overnight. So be easy with yourself. Then tracking your progress is crucial because most people are too focused on everything they have left to do that they forget to notice, let alone celebrate what they've already accomplished. Right. And the in the, the the direction part of it is is a cru- is a real distinction that we make because mm-hmm. we don't talk a great deal about goals mm-hmm. because a goal by definition is is the embodiment of delayed gratification mm-hmm. which we've established that eighty percent of us suck at so if instead you set a direction and we call it an ER direction okay then you're gonna you can set yourself up for success so for instance when when the first consistency chain I ever built was about working out every day. And my goal was not one of those traditional goals. I'm going to weigh 170 pounds by you know this day. It wasn't that. Mm-hmm. My 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 ER direction instead was I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to be fitter. And then I would go to the gym and I would come home from the gym and I would look in the mirror and with complete integrity I could say to myself, you know what, dude, you're stronger, you're healthier, you're fitter. And so in the context of goal, I hit my goal every single day. I, I fed I love my need. I fed my need for instant gratification mm-hmm. on a daily basis. So I was never frustrated. So, I, so a lot of times for people like me, the outside metrics determine what we're doing or, or how we feel about how we're doing. So if you're trying to lose weight and you, get, you work out for a week and you get on the scale and you don't see any evidence that you've lost weight, well, what now what do I do? Or if you're trying to build a network marketing business and you've hit it for a month and you don't see 
any bump in income or anything. And you're like, well, what am I doing? So what we do is we pull that off. We say, forget about that. We're going to set up a metric that we can win and feel good about. So it's like, I'm going to define an activity that's going to take me in the direction that I want to go. I'm going to show up every single day. I'm going to record that activity. And when I look at my calendar, I look at my app, I'm going, damn, look at you. A whole month, man. Didn't miss a day. I am mm. proud of you. I love that. And it doesn't matter what the external metrics mean because I'm, I'm, I'm feeding myself in a way that makes sense to me. And you can do the same thing when you're building a business, you know, network marketing or whatever. You can say, I'm a, you know, I am a builder. I'm a better leader. I am a recruiter. Uh, I am a better listener, whatever it might be. And if you just do the activity, and we, we recommend in the book a 21 program where you reach out to two and talk to one, which George alluded to earlier. Uh, if you just every single day reach out to two people, and a reach out can simply be, hey, it's been a long time since we, uh, we've talked. I'm sure there's some exciting things going on. In your life, like mine, let's, let's connect soon. And if you just, in the end of the day, if you just can say, I'm a better recruiter, I'm a better listener, I am a better sponsor, whatever it might be, and feel good about it, and don't worry about trying to become a double diamond or an eagle or whatever it might be, you just feel good about yourself every day because you've done that high leverage activity that, will, that gets you in the direction that you want to go. Yeah, I just find it really fascinating, though, that this can all be applied to different parts of, of our life. And in fact, you know, you, you've really created the Chain Gang Act to, to help people be accountable to the to their own projects in their life. So give me like a bit of a, more of a description of like really how is the app used and then some more of the examples that you were, you know, you've heard other people using the app specifically for to, to better their life. I, I think it's interesting how we came up with it. And, and, and George, why don't you take it from there, how we came up with a questionnaire and, and decided to, to do this? Well, we decided we wanted to do a case study just to, to be able to put metrics to how big an impact this could be in people's lives. So we did a study. Uh, we had a pre-survey, about 100 people filled out a survey. And uh, Jim selected the top 20%. 20? Yeah. And I, yeah. I went through and I selected... Uh, the bottom 20% because those are the people that I wanted to see if we could most affect. And uh, we put them into these things we call chain gangs, which is just these little three to five person support and accountability groups. And it was, it was nothing more than somebody when they did their activity on a given day, they would check in and say, Hey, I did mine. And then people would congratulate and people would encourage. And at the end of the day, people would circle back around and say, Hey, Jim, I see you haven't checked in yet. What's going on? We, you know, we believe you can do it. Keep, you know, and what we saw was that people that had shown up in their key activity in the 5 to 10% range, meaning that they might do it once or twice a month, uh, they instantly pumped their performance up to the 82, 83% range. And that's when we knew, oh my gosh, this is a really going to be a critical support piece for the, for the chain gang, for the consistency chain. Um, uh, philosophy or strategy. And I think, George, it's important to note that some of these chain gang groups we've had gone, we've done for a year and a half now. Yeah. And we've done them through Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and, and, and the virus. And literally, we're averaging 83% activity uh, level. Right. And, 
I mean, it's, I mean, and it happened overnight. It wasn't like it, it, it happened after a few months. And then we realized, oh my goodness, we're on to something. Right. And so then we, we uh, partnered with a tech company in Minneapolis and we came out with the Chain Gang app. And what it allows people to do, it's a small subscription, uh, monthly subscription, and, and you get uh, sorted into groups of three to five people. And we have the ability to track your performance on your phone or on your computer. And you see the percentage of how you're showing up uh, each month in, in your chosen activity. And, and then you check in with the, you have a scoreboard that you can see how other people on the team, if they checked in and a bulletin board to offer encouragement. And every time somebody checks in, every time somebody sends, posts something on the board, then you get an email. So it gives those little, those little uh, pings that let people to know that today is the day. This is the day that we're playing. And and it's funny, sometimes we mean to do well and sometimes we just forget to do well. We get so caught up in all the other stuff. And with this, you never you never forget. And so uh, you've got your personal statistics, you've got your team statistics and, and the groups, especially the groups that have been around for a little bit. I mean, people will perform for others sometimes more than they'll perform for themselves. So they don't want to let down the team. So it's been a really, really, uh, and not everybody's in network marketing that's doing this. We have a guy that's a mortgage broker that he had the best month he'd ever had after 60 days in this. And we've got people that are, you know, trying to build relationships and, you know, their, their, uh, their chain activity may be, I'm going to spend five minutes in real conversation with my spouse and I'm going to find one thing to be grateful for and let them know that. And, you know, some really, really cool stuff. I'm going to spend 15 minutes of non-screen activity with my kids. And then a lot of people that have, have physical goals. We had a guy that's, I can't remember what, what Mike's on. He's on like day 140 of his chain, I think. And he's lost like 45 pounds and nothing ever worked for him before. So we're really excited about this. We're excited about the number of people that we could help with this. Yeah, I think it was Emerson that said that we need somebody to make us do the things we're capable of doing. And I think you're right, George. I, I think I'd, I will let myself down first before I let my other team uh, gang members. I won't let them down. I, I won't break the chain. Yep. I, I'm curious, as we're living in this new, more modern society where everybody's seemingly fully embraced online meetings like this, um, what are you most excited about for 2021? <laughs> I would love, I would love to see in person meetings come back in 2021. <laughs> I don't know if that's realistic, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, we we had to do a hard pivot mm-hmm. and uh, to try and embrace and get better in this virtual world. I think we all miss connection, um, and I think that's one of the things the app comes in. It gives you some people that you're connecting with on a daily basis, and I think people find value in that. But. Um, uh, Boy, I would love to see us get beyond where we are now, so that we could actually be with people again. Has it affected? Yeah, yeah. Has it affected your business at all? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We had so much stuff on the books for in-person meetings mm-hmm. that disappeared overnight. Oh. And so that's you know we've had to do a hard pivot mm-hmm. to try right. and find ways to be in front of people, and that's been kind of a blessing. I mean, we were doing a a program the other day, and there's like three thousand people on the thing, and from all around the world. And for someone who's really been in the speaking business between comedy and 
professional speaking for 25 years, I mean, I'm like, oh my God, I've never talked to this many people from this, from this <laughs> many places at once. It was kind of awesome. Well, we did one call where the person that we were doing the call for has an organization of 1.3 million people. Wow. And yeah, which was pretty exciting. And, you know, I love doing the, the live events. I'm not a professional speaker. George is, but we'd go on stage and he does about 80%. I do about 20%. But to watch the audience at the end of one of our presentations and see the, I mean, everybody just gravitates to George. I mean, like 80% of them. And, uh, and they run up and they hug him and they, and they, you know, they say for the first time somebody's, you know, uh, I have a speaker that I can relate to that understands me. And it was so gratifying because that's what our book is all about is, is you know, we're not naive enough to think that we can help, you know, 80%, the, all 80%, but we certainly can tap into at least 20% of that 80%. So it's such a feel-good business when you when you have a product like we do. Well, and that's and that's where my heart's at because I I not only identify I was that person sitting towards the back of the room in a in a, an event desperately hoping that this was going to be the thing that changed it for me. And if we can be a part of that change for somebody's life, man, that's that's a really really good feeling. Mm. Love it. So as we're wrapping up the conversation today, guys, always end it with the uh, rapid fire question segment. And my my first one, I like the always to really find out where you know people who were influences to the people that have been on the show. So my first one is three influencers or teachers that have helped launch you to where you're at today. Yeah, I mean, I've got a strong foot in the world of comedy, so Seinfeld was a huge influence on me coming up. Jim, yeah, I um. It's very fortunate that I got to spend some time with uh, Jay Abraham, who uh, wrote a good uh, book, uh, Getting Everything You Got Out of Everything, uh, Getting Everything You Can Out of Everything You've Got. And he's a leading marketing expert. And I got to spend some time with him, and it was invaluable time. So I, he's one person that comes to mind. George? Well, and then I would say in the speaking industry, I had the good fortune of meeting Jim Rohn. When I first started my speaking business, and one of my proudest possessions is a sign is a set of signed books from Jim Rohn. That's that. Um, and, and there's one thing that he said that I've never forgotten, and that is every discipline affects every other discipline, both positively and negatively. And that's really affected me because it's like if you can get one part of your life that maybe you've struggled with, if you can get that under control and get a degree of mastery, that's going to spell out into the other parts of your life in a positive way. And I was introduced to uh, Dale Carnegie early on. My dad had taken the course and, and when it came to town, I, t I took the course and fell in love with the, the teachings and actually became an instructor, put both my kids through the, the course, how to win friends and influence people, which outside of the Bible is the most read book in the world. And that had a great effect on me, the, the principles in uh, Dale Carnegie. Well, I guess my third person would be when I first started the speaking business. I knew how to be on stage, but I didn't know how to build a business. And there was a buddy, a, a, a guy that became a good buddy of mine named Larry Wingett, the pit bull of personal development. And he brought me over to his office and, and sat me down and spent a half a day with me explaining how a speaker's business worked. 
And uh, he's still one of the smartest, sharpest, uh, most interesting guys that uh, that I know. And I, I love spending time with him. It's funny because we're on complete opposite ends of the political spectrum. And we have the most fun talking with each other. And I'm like, man, I wish, I wish all of our conversations in this area could be like this now. Yeah, and as far as my third one goes, I... It, and I don't mean to embarrass him, but I've learned so much from you, George. Well, I was I mean, wondering when you're going to get around. It's kind of sorry you felt like you buried the lead. I would open. <laughs> I mean, like I said, for years and years and years, I look at people like George and just go, "Oh my gosh, I wish I had people like that on my team." And and now that we've really dug into it and realized that for years I was giving everybody my standard. 10 things to do to be successful every single day. And I, I remember the first time I gave it to George and he looks at it and goes, 10 things to be successful is nine too many on this list. <laughs> and uh, I've learned a lot from George and it's really made me, uh, I think, uh, a better person. So, Given that you both are from such different backgrounds or different wirings, I'm curious uh, on this question, what's the biggest plot twist you've seen in your day-to-day life? Well, for me, that's been simple. I mean, it literally has. This has trans- transformed me. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm the guy now who shows up at the act, the key activities that I've committed to, and I show up relentlessly now. And that's never been the case. I mean, when I started working out, my first chain that I built was 531 straight days of working out, and in my life, I had never experienced anything like that. And so, this has been unbelievably transformative for me. Yeah, and as a twenty percenter, um, uh, I think my we I started a chain about I don't know seven hundred ninety five days ago, and uh, a prospecting chain, and I've only missed one day out of seven hundred eighty days. I found that even as a twenty percenter, this philosophy has helped has helped me, and uh, and that's that was very eye opening to me. That I, I think what happens is that. Your competitive nature, you know, rises to the top. Uh, anybody that, uh, you know, that we come involved with now, I think we treat everybody as an 80 percenter, even though they might be a 20 percenter. And I've found that a rising tide has lifted all boats. It's been so eye opening to me. I mean, for years, I tried to, you know, put a square peg in a round hole. And uh, it's very gratifying to know that. We have a system that can help other people. I mean, I just find that so rewarding. Hmm. What's one gift that you guys like giving others? Well, I will tell you, Jim, Jim spoke a little bit about the, when we were able to do live events and people coming up after the, the program. And for, you know, for years I did comedy. And that's, you know, and that's, you get one that elicits one form of reaction, which is gratifying and cool. But to have people come up with tears running down their face and hugging you and, and saying, thank you so much for helping me better understand myself. And I think the gift that we give people like that is, is hope. There is a path for me. It's going to look a little different than Jim's path. And it's not something I, I I knew existed, but it is real, and I do believe I can do it, and I do believe I have hope. 
Yeah. yeah. I would echo the same thing, George, before you said it. I'm thinking we, we just give people hope. I mean, you know, the white elephant in the room has always been all those people that, you know, have quit. And you look around and go, whatever happened to Bill? He was such a good person. Whatever happened to Bill? And I, now I, I think that uh, uh, we give hope. I well, and, and, and on the flip side of that, like the for people like Jim, hopefully the leaders that have been frustrated with people like me, what we're giving them is, is a better understanding and a tool and a strategy to actually help the people before that would come into and leave their business and never leave awake. They would yeah. never leave, you know, you would never know that they were there. And so I would, I think it's exciting to be able to offer leaders who really do care about their people. And I know they do. And now, you know what, there is a way that perhaps I can really, really, when I tell somebody, you know, you can do this business. Now I've got a strategy whereby I can make that, that promise come true. In the last several several years, what's something that you've become good at saying no to? I say no to Jim a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you did. <laughs> uh, I've uh, my tendency has always been to be scattered, mm-hmm. and so um, building this business and being focused on it and being focused on helping as many people as we can. I've had to say no to a lot of other interesting opportunities. And there's always a little bit, uh, boy, I heard a a quote the other day that it says, we choose our regrets. And, yeah. And I'm like, okay, am I going to regret turning down this other bright, shiny object or would I more regret not fully embracing the opportunity that I'm committed to doing? And that means saying no to stuff. My wife always says, uh, when you say yes to somebody, you're saying no to yourself. And, uh, you, you know, we've been a lot of stages, George, and, and we've had an awful lot of uh, people approach us with their opportunity. And, and I, it's, it's, it used to be hard for me to say no to, uh, but now it's not so hard because I know that uh, what we have going right now is, more important than anything else we could possibly be doing. Yeah. And a final question that we have for you, how does someone realize that they're living their own personal mission? Wow. Now, keep in mind, I went to the University of Maine. That's pretty deep for me. (laughs) 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 You know, with me is... I, I'm I'm 72, and I, I feel like I'm 42. Probably act like that most often, but I can't wait to get up in the morning. And I hate to go to bed at night. You know, I have a saying in my desk: I'm living in the place that I want to live with the people that I love, doing the right work on purpose. I just know I'm doing the right work on purpose. Mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think. Is it? I'm trying to think what the question is I would ask myself to make sure that I was on track. And I think it would be, if I won the lottery tonight, would I still be doing this tomorrow? And the answer for me in this case would be, yeah, absolutely. Because I could change my own personal situation, but I would still be leaving all these people out there that I could possibly be helping. I would be leaving them in a the lurch. So, yeah, I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I think that one would be close to my answer. Well, too. guys. Uh- Appreciate you being on the show. And again, you, your website is a consistency 
chain.com and uh, where can people find you on the socials yeah and if you're gonna get our app uh first why don't you explain where where to go to get our app yeah i mean if you went to the consistencychain.com you would click through on the app and it would take you there or you could go to the chain gang app.com and uh we have a consistency chain facebook presence and then both jim and i spend a lot of time on linkedin that's probably the best way to get a hold of either one of us really super well again george jim been a pleasure having you on and uh it's great thank you it's been fun and they're very yeah. challenging questions uh uh and obviously, you didn't give them to us ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You get great questions, and they really are. I mean, it forces you to think about things in a different way, and then you realize what what it is you really what it is you really it until until you verbalize it that you know what you really think. So that we're we're very appreciative of this chance to speak with you guys. So there you have it. Jim and George are great guys that I've been able to develop a relationship with, and I have a lot of respect for. Uh, the last couple of months. And what's interesting is that not only are they well-known in the network marketing space, but have a pretty decent size footprint in the affiliate space as well. And I'm glad I had the opportunity to meet them, or I don't know if I would have taken the plunge with GrooveFunnels and met the awesome folks in, in that space like I have. So if you have issues with marketing your own products, or perhaps you too are looking to get more traction in the network marketing direct sales space and would like some more help there, feel free to look them up. In fact, in the show note extras, I have a couple of videos of George from his days as Joe Malarkey. And then there's a couple of interviews of Jim and him as they've been sharing the uh, consistency chain with their audience. Uh, one interview is with Tom Chenault on his show, and the other is with Margo Lovett and Deborah Thorne. And I chose these two interviews because one is really more focused in the MLM network marketing space, while the other one is coming from more of the traditional business perspective. So there's something there for everyone if you, if you guys want to take this conversation further. So again, you can check those out and the other show notes at newinceptions.com slash 193. So that's it for session 193. Guys, again, I'd really love to have you along for this uh, Groove Digital journey of ours that I and the team at American Wellness Consulting are on. Uh, it's going to be a game changer for us, and I, I believe it would be one for you as well. Uh, jump in again with the free edition, and if you like it, you can commit to the lifetime deal. But I really think you'll appreciate what they're doing over there at Groove Digital. Again, you can get started for free at newinceptions.com slash free groove. Again, that's newinceptions.com slash free groove. So with that said, thanks for spending some time with Jim, George, Yael, and me. Uh, until next session, dig in, have fun, and take care in whatever you're creating, and we'll see you back here next time. Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home, at work, or on the go at facebook.com slash newinceptions, on Twitter at New Inceptions, Instagram at New Dot Inceptions, and on the web at New Inceptions.